Heat Pick, or Hail to You, Geeks. And today, we're challenging you to conquer your fate. Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. My name is Kev, and today we're giving you our spoiler-free thoughts on the biggest, boldest, most mainstream outing from Robert Eggers yet. Now, Conquer Your Fate is not the title of the movie we're looking at today. It was just the slogan used on a series of promotional posters in which the actual title was nowhere to be found. Of course, I'm talking about The Northman. Joining me today, you best be believing he's a full-fledged heathen an animalistic berserker who's the podcast world's hardest worker. It's Jayla Inyal, or Jayla the Giant. What's up, dude? Oh, my. Some nice uh, Norse mythology name yeah, for, my, little for me. Yeah, a little Icelandic. Uh, Icelandic? I love yeah, it. What would yours be? Uh, I, just throw in the very, the <laughs> Kevin the very gigantic. <laughs> but yeah, you're doing well? Doing well, man. Doing well. Awesome. Well, uh, today we are facing ferocious sea crossings, uh, we're facing the unruly heat of flowing volcanoes, and we're fighting for our lives in explosive battles. Uh, but that's because we're talking about The Northman. From visionary director Robert Eggers comes The Northman, an action-filled epic that follows a young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's murder. The film boasts an all-star cast that includes Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Cleese Bang, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, and Willem Dafoe. A huge thanks to Focus Feature and Touchwood PR for letting us check this out before it hits theaters on April 22nd. Uh, And you know what? Given the cloudy skies and thunder in the background as we have some some nasty weather here these days, it seems the mighty Norse gods uh, would like us to get uh, this thing started without any further ado, so why don't we just sink our axes into this bad boy, and uh, we'll start where we always start, with what worked. Well, I think you said a couple things, uh, um, you know, Robert Eggert obviously bringing his style of storytelling to uh, this sort of mythological narrative. Uh, it worked. It actually worked really well. Um, the the use of, of longing shots and long takes to kind of captivate and, you know, add a layer of immersion to the experience of, of his movies uh, is fantastic. And that is also felt with the outstanding photography from, uh, I believe it's Jaren Balshik. Uh, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, but... Um, uh, the, the the visuals were just like even right off the bat there's just this lovely long take that just allows you to feel really immersed in the world that you're in that definitely has it going for itself it has a look and a, a vibe to it uh that it definitely stems from from robert egger's style of storytelling and uh john balshik's you know cinematography it's just it's next level i mean i'll admit uh, this is the first robert egger's movie i've seen but i know that mm. One of the things a lot of people like to, to to remark on and give him credit for is a sense of historical accuracy that he brings yeah. to his work. And so this, for me, something uh, I, I was mentioning to you just before we uh, saw the movie, how I've I've mm-hmm. been watching uh, the Vikings show that was on uh, History Channel. Um, right. And and I know they you know something being on the History Channel doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get historical accuracy as much as you should when you're watching shows like Ice Truckers and Crab Fishers and and things sure. like that. But 
I know that uh, one of their main focuses on Vikings was historical accuracy and really capturing that time frame. And I got very much a sense of that in this movie. It it felt authentic. It really did feel like it wasn't a, a, a cheap ploy at, at recreating things for the sake of it. This was meant to, to feel and act as a history piece for for a very interesting period of time in, in human history. And so I really, really did appreciate that. And then I think one of the things that that helped with was with that was the immersive feel of its of its presentation. It just looked so epic. It was it was like I, I don't I'm not saying this disparagingly, but it had a very 300 feel to its sort of those Zack Snyder almost sepia tones. It just it brought this sort of foreboding and darkness to this world wherever you were, right? We never saw sunny skies. We never saw anything. It was always it was always like the the Norse gods were looking down on these characters and and casting the tone of their lives. Well, yeah, the skies were very gray, yet the the palette of the landscape was was very diverse, right? It, it really set apart the, yeah. from that. It really was a contrast, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, you know, seeing the parallels of of his filmmaking style kind of find its way here. But to your point, uh, telling a very honest, accurate historical story. So I, I wasn't aware though that his other movies that that he was very much like that. Um, sticking with that, I, I I have to say this movie feels very. You know, I said it on Twitter. It might be oversimplifying this, but it feels very Dune in that it has an, an epic symphonic sound that just really resonates with you with immersive visuals that build its own world and feel very fresh for what is Viking lore and Norse lore in the, in the sense of the authenticity. Um, and I also feel like you have outstanding performances. I feel like, you know, for Eggers, you know, this is kind of like his Dune what what Dune was to to uh, Denise Villeneuve, it was uh, paying homage and, and a respect to the story that that comes from this. Yeah, I mean, I I I I almost like that parallel in that this film does do so many different things right, and it's almost Robert Eggers' job to bring those all into one cohesive vision, and he does that really well. Both the performances we've talked about, some of the landscapes and the way it's shot, and. And again, uh, not to, to go back too much to it, but just that authenticity. Uh, I thought there was a really interesting way of blending this idea of how these people lived with also an overwhelming sense of mythology and, and blending that as if it were reality. And normally something like that might bug me or take me out of it a little bit, but I think that's how these people lived so much of their lives. Every aspect of their lives was either a tribute to or as a result of what they felt was the gods influencing their lives. And so it was a really interesting narrative tone to to bring. You, you never quite could tell what was really happening or what was actually real, and yet it all just felt real and authentic. So I think that that was probably a very difficult balancing act. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that this this very much balances itself between secular versus a spiritual. And the way that, that those lines bleed at times is really, really interesting. But but with that, I think we were chatting about this um, as we were leaving. The, the spiritual qualities, the sort of even just the sort of tribal primitive uh, side kind of correlates in, in a way because of because of just how how far in the past, the story sort of takes place 
that that would still be very much a sort of the religion, if you will, because I, I believe there's references in in this movie as well that I caught about Christians and them kind of being like the new religion and, and whatnot. And that sort of finding a framework to kind of uh, overtake what is left of the mysticism, the, the belief in, in, in mythology of, of uh, Viking uh, mythology and, and Norse mythology. What is it? Is it Viking mythology or Norse mythology? Or is it uh, all it's, the same? It, it's come to be known as Norse mythology. And and yeah, that would have been around. We're, we're, the movie takes place, uh, again, this isn't a, a necessarily a historical recreation of actual no, events and actual people, too. but it, it takes a lot from events that historically we believe happened. And so this takes place towards the end of the ninth century, around 890 um, AD. And so at that time, the, the North, Norse, the, the Vikings themselves would have been around for, for well over a thousand years here. And, Christ, and they're just sort of branching out. They're, they're now mm -hmm. traveling west towards uh, what would become England and learning about Christianity. And it, and it does sure. play a huge role in them questioning what their beliefs are and and in a, in, a, in a sense, at first, it really strengthened those. They were right, and the the heathens who believed in in the one God instead of all the actual gods that existed in the sky above and and everything. It was it was a huge conflict of of truth for them that they that they mm -hmm. that they would engage in over the next several hundred years. Yeah. So again, like you've pointed out, they they don't do anything specific about giving you a timeline or or when it takes place. It's through these background elements of of what remains and what conversations are being had and and again, the visual elements as well that just kind of helps cement in and around where the story would take place. And I and also just I love how they broke that up throughout like how they kind of feed you this multiple act structure if you will to to it based on locations um so i think that 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 really does help solidify less of it less of it being about um a when but aware uh of of when the story takes place uh, very much if if that makes sense i don't know if that does that's a uh, that's actually a really cool way to look at it because yeah i mean we do sort of get a time jump towards the beginning of the movie and right and it doesn't specifically say how many years later but we're given more than enough visual clues and indicators to know that it is you know maybe 30 years down the road but yeah what they i like that it's it's not set in different times as much as we go from one place to another and those act as our sort of our ground point to, to let us know where we are and what's going on around us uh and now, now speaking of what's going on around us i will say one really cool element of the film is uh you know barbiturates were were a big deal in in viking history in terms of uh, they were berserkers uh or really elite warriors would take barbiturates before battle and that would transcend them into an almost animalistic rage that would help them be as ferocious and and ultimately successful as they were in the battlefield and this film does such a crazy job of of it, tripping you out man i'm just gonna say it simply. <laughs> you feel like you're on a trip watching this movie right. half the time and right. uh there's a scene towards the beginning with willem dafoe and and you're in the middle of a, of a very animalistic ceremony and yeah you i felt like i was starting to sweat like i was in that lot the sweat lodge mm. with them and like mm. you just there were so many instances where you felt like you were a part of what was going on around you yeah i was actually really surprised uh that that didn't take me out 
of the movie more, you know, in the sense that it almost felt so suddenly so elevated beyond what we were getting. And and I think to have a character like Defoe kind of be a bit of the first introduction to that, as we will then see throughout the rest of the movie, but for him to be, be that, it kind of actually made sense. Like it, he, he served his part in terms of helping to establish that part of, of this, this story, this, as you described, the highlight, highlighting the barbiturate portion of, of the narrative. And yeah, I totally agree with you. I was, I was tripping out. I'm like, what are they on, man? Like that is feels whack, but uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was, it was definitely a vibe though. Right. Like, again, I, I just, I, I can't help but call back Dune just walking out like you've seen so many different sci-fi movies and you've probably seen a ton of viking called viking stuff you've you just referenced one from history right it's like this is a vibe of its own almost like how when gladiator came out um for us back 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 when uh in 2000 was it was it when did 99 2000 i think yeah yeah 99 2000 like that hit because it was like so authentic and it, the authenticity and the history just kind of just leaped out of the screen and yeah i feel like this does that as well but for for today obviously you know 20 years 22 years later making it really relevant and and yeah it is it was it was just as immersive so this is such a unique viking piece that's just so of its of itself so yeah certainly certainly one of a kind and um you know the the music was i know you've mentioned it primal and, and very tribal and and that really helps carry it you know like it's it's I, I I imagine it's the least horror esque of his three films. I guess, like, and, but there's still really chilling and terrifying elements that that are unsettling. Maybe it's unsettling is what is what Eggers goes for more than more than anything. For sure, it's it's that psychological horror. It's the thing that that fucks with the audience more so than than uh you know really trying to go in your face that being said there is there is some gore in this so i don't know if if anyone's out there they're not easy with gore but again if you if you're a robert eggers fan like you're pointing out kevin you you might be used to some of the 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 sort of uh horror elements and 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 whatnot um but yeah it was brutal it's such a brutal like some of the scenes are absolutely intense and just yeah it's 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 a vibe <laughs> it's, it's, i mean there's <laughs> it, there's certainly graphic moments um but i mean we've talked about gladiator i would say that was more just in your face blood and guts uh whereas these were almost quick moments or they were almost put in the background they were almost secondary to what was actually yep. going on i mean you know if 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 somebody's wounded in battle you know it happens but you don't necessarily have to see too much of the end results anytime no. that something really is in your face it's because it's a, a significant moment it's not just you know secondary nameless characters in a big open battle getting sliced open if it's a character we we know and have been following if if they're wounded and we and we are made to see it it's definitely very intentional yeah i i 100 agree with that it's all done with purpose um and i think again i i thought maybe we could just quickly highlight this this cast um alexander skarsgård is outstanding in this uh in this role he really does commit to the sort of uh, real emotional sides and then also the animalistic sides he is absolutely brutal i was very surprised with nicole kidman 
Um, I, I actually really, really enjoyed her. Willem Dafoe was, was, we already mentioned, was absolutely, like, was classic Willem Dafoe. Like, it, it's just, it was, it was such a good character for him to play. And Ethan Hawke, man, like, again, another, another veteran actor. Um, he, I was surprised as well. He, I just don't, it's like when we were watching the trailer for The Last Duel and seeing uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in a period piece, it's like, you know, goodwill jousting. Like, I don't know if I really want to get that. So it's like, I haven't really seen Ethan Hawke in a period period piece film, so. I mean, I, I would say he was, in my opinion, maybe the weakest of, of the, yep. the five main, you know, household name that actors is true. in this movie. That is true, yeah. Um, but he also That's had probably one of the most subdued of those main performances, whereas the three you mentioned already, Skarsgård, Kidman, and Defoe, they're so Intense. over the top. They're so yeah. over the top that That's if, true. If, if it was the wrong actor in that role, it wouldn't have worked. It would have come off really silly. Uh, it taken you right I out. Can, yep. I can't imagine how much commitment it takes to do some of the scenes and, and behave mm -hmm. the way some of these actors had to behave and to keep it intensely serious at the same time. You know, it could, again, it could have come off really, really goofy, but instead... These actors sell it so hard that it, it just comes through the screen. Um, and then I think an opposite performance of that, but equally as powerful, was Anya Taylor-Joy. And she was yes. just so just mesmerizing in this role. Yes. I, my, my, only, my only complaint, and this might transition into uh, one of the things I didn't like, is that I wish we had more of her. Uh, I actually was. I thought she was very cunning. She was brave. She was. She was very mysterious, and she she acted the perfect opposite to that of of Alexander Skarsgård, right? Um, and and I think that 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 fit really well. I just wish there was more of her on the screen. You know, she was a little bit more integral. Um, that's that's interesting. Just, I mean, I think I, I I mean I personally found her to be. I liked how you said it was. She was the balance to, uh, yes, yeah. Skarsgård's really primal animalistic side and I, again it was it's his story so i, I thought I know, she, I, yeah, she, exactly, she had yeah. the right role but i mean you know unlike robert eggers i don't want to waste too much time and linger on a shot for an unnecessarily long time so why don't we move in to what maybe didn't work so much for yeah. this movie yeah, so I, I like I said, I think the that's a small gripe. Like I, I think you're right. It, it is very much a uh, this is a revenge story that focuses on one character. And Ani Taylor Joy, watch her character was very sidelined. She was, was serviceable to the to the role and, and the balance to his character. I think the other thing that that really stood out though too is you know this movie has a runtime of two hours and twenty minutes, which which is a bit long, and you start to really feel it in in the sort of last act of the movie uh, as there's a lot of back and forth trying to decide what's the right sort of way to go here but we all kind of know what it is and i think we kind of mentioned this when uh, offline is it's such a simple story that it almost feels like it's so drawn out for this two hour and 20 minute runtime so i, I think it, that, that's I, my thing yeah i think that is where the the runtime does become an issue i mean we mm -hmm. do talk about it a lot but I, I i do think that so many movies it's almost like they feel they need to be on the screen longer to count and it's it's i think it's more making the minutes you do have on the screen count rather than just racking them up for the sake of it and and you mentioned it perfectly it's it's such a simple story that i don't need i don't know if it needed to be drawn out as much as it was but i think a lot of that comes down to simply robert egger style i think 
there's a lot of lingering shots. And while beautiful and stunning to look at, they did at times slow down the pace of the movie. And when this movie's cooking, man, it's going. It's really going. And I understand you need to give the audience a breather. You need to to take certain moments to to let them simmer and to make them count. But there's just some times where I wanted to get going to the next part. You, 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 it was Feels predictable. In, in, yeah. In, in, yeah, it's predictable enough that you know where it's going next. So let me just go there. I want to see it. I'm, I'm invested in these characters and their journey. Let me get there. And so that's probably my biggest gripe is that the, the pacing is just a little bit too, look at how beautiful my shot is. Why don't we sit on it for a minute too long here and there? Yeah, maybe that's that's what it was to help draw out the time. But yeah, I, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe there needed to be less of those shots. But I think to a certain degree, those shots do, at least for me, highlight and, and actually benefit the movie over pacing issues that I have here. Like I feel like the visuals were kind of the grounded part of the movie that just helped f- really layer in the immersion of it. So I think like me, you're a little confused about how to feel about this movie. I think that's that's really where I'm at now as we're reflecting on it. Um, I have far more positives than negatives to say, and yet at the end of the day, something just didn't quite click with me. Uh, maybe I'll be able to better uh, summarize that in, in giving a final score, um, but it just, it, yeah, just something was a little off. But uh, why don't we do that? Let's slice and dice up some scores for this movie, which we'll be doing on a scale of one to five decapitated enemies. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll probably be regurgitating some stuff that I, 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 I tweeted and I, I think subliminally must have stuck in my head because I saw tweets later that also referenced the same sort of wordage, but I'm going to reference it anyways. This is a brutal, blood-soaked story of vengeance that does not skip a beat. It is fully immersive uh you're immersed in this world of, of norse viking mythology with scandinavian culture vibes and it's just eye grabbing it's viscerally haunting imagery at times that that just adds a layer of spirituality and, and mysticism and primitive primitive qualities to, to just the overall film and i feel like eggers has has found a way to take his style of storytelling and apply it to this authentic real uh, period piece inspired story while while bringing all sides of it to life and, and showing the sort of dynamics of what it would be in this this real world. Um, we mentioned it already. There are some pacing issues that I think, you know, do kind of show their face towards the end here of the movie. And, and I think you might be right, Kevin. I mean, maybe it's just having a little bit more of those longing shots. I also think they drew out the character's desire to, you know, commit to their plan a little too long before he actually committed. And it's just like inevitably he was going to. That being said, though, uh, you you can't ignore this movie for its style. And, and like I was saying, much like Denise Villeneuve, like Eggers has found a way to elevate the lore and mythology of Norse and Viking culture to a place where it becomes an immersive experience with longing visuals that, that are incredibly captivated, a, a symphonic sound that rumbles inside of you and performance from a cast that is committed to the story. I think I, I, at the end of the day, those things kind of overtook 
the score for me. I, I, I think this is where it really does sing. So I'm going to be giving my score uh, four out of five decapitated enemies. And that's that's more for style over substance uh, in the sense that stylistically, there's a lot that works for it. And while the pacing issues are are more of the substance, uh, that's forgiven, given the fact of just the the film that this is. So four out of five decapitated enemies. Absolutely. I think that's a, a really perfect sort of range to, to rank this. Um, I had a, a good friend of mine who uh, we've bitterly argued movies for, for almost two decades now. And he said, he, first he was jealous that we got to see this movie early. And then he said, <laughs> Kev, I know you and you are going to hate this thing. And um, I will say I did not hate this movie. Uh, I've been challenging myself. Uh, ever since I took my quest to to watch all of the Oscar films, to to go out of my comfort zone and really watch movies that I wouldn't normally watch, and do so mm-hmm. with an open mind, not just assume I'm not going to like it because it's not my kind of movie, or not just assume oh I don't like this guy's other movies or haven't wanted to see them, so this one I won't like either. And uh, you know I'm, I I keep finding myself pleasantly surprised that. I'm finding new ways to enjoy cinema. And this certainly brings that to the forefront here. So again, I, 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 farthest from hating it, but I don't think I liked this movie either. I just think there was something missing for me to really attach myself to it. I can pinpoint all the things that worked really well. The amazing visuals, the stylistic choices. Uh, you know, we talked about the amazing performances. I would say... With exception to the main villain, who I found kind of underwhelming, almost a little, not even charismatic as as he could have been and should have been in, and in not a world as vicious. These, yeah, he was just kind <laughs> of a boring bad guy. Yeah that, yeah, that that hurts the sort of vengeance, revenge tale a little bit when you're when you're not sitting in your seat going kill that guy, you know. <laughs> um, and so, other than that, though, the performances were terrific. We talked about how the music is just chest pumping; it's in your face. Uh, and and for me, the one really strong element to it was just not necessarily the historical accuracy, but the attention to detail and the desire to represent the time period that it's that it's covering with such authenticity and that's Mm. that's really what i appreciated was the authenticity that i felt from this movie that said again though all of those elements are there but they don't they never came together to 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 grip me as a whole and so for that oh interesting it just it's just a bit lacking for me by the end of it it was a movie that happened and I appreciated what I saw, but I didn't necessarily like it all that much. But hmm. credit where credit is due, uh, there's some amazing filmmaking going on in this movie. And so for that reason, I'm, I'm right around there with you, Just. I'm at 3.9 out of 5 decapitated enemies. Nice, nice. Yeah, I feel like I knew you were going to like this movie because of the historical piece, right? I would, you know, if, if this was us two years ago, and light the lighthouse was coming out. I'd be like, no, yeah, Kevin, you, you don't. You I don't think I would have <laughs> latched on to anything quite as much as I did in this one. You're absolutely no, right. For sure, I had that for amazing sure. epic historical movie to carry me through. But I will say, f- f- as someone who does know, who does know you really well and knows the kind of movies that you like, I think I think the reliance on visuals over narrative is what really does bug you. I think the the idea that this this is more of a uh, sort of feeling the moment uh, film where things just are built 
based on shots and just longing longing shots and longing looks and just the aesthetic of of how things are while you might appreciate the historical accuracy if it's not doing anything for the story then what's the point that could be stuff that could be cut down and this movie does not need to be two hours and 20 minutes so i get i i understand i think i know why this movie didn't necessarily grip you as much because the the story does feel elongated and a little bit more uh, padded out with with some of those artful visuals that that Edgar and and Jaren uh, Jaren Balshik again. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Those those like the two of them putting this 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 look together for me. That's what sings right, and it's funny because I know for you it's it's the narrative. So it's and, cool. and that's it's, why that's... and that's why we work so well, right? We appreciate mm-hmm. different things to different levels, and and that's what yeah. makes us a lot of fun to sort of look at a movie like this, where at the yeah. end of the day we can for different reasons we can both say that was that was really well made. And then hey, our we... enjoyment level comes in at different at different levels, right? And and that's that's a, a great thing to happen. We we've talked about this uh, this movie longer than we actually probably thought we would for this review, based on just how much we fair we enough. Were able Maybe to I share. am more like Robert Eggers than I thought, and we've drawn out things. So that's it. I'm wrapping this podcast up until we set sail again. Um, this was our spoiler-free review for The Northman. Thanks so much for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review, or we might just have to go on a revenge mission of our own. As always, reach out and say hi, and let us know if you'll be checking out this newer, newest Robert Eggers film. You can do so at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com, or if that reminds you a little bit too much of Willem Dafoe swinging around his big old battle axe, Hit us up on Twitter at GeekCentricYT and Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering a wide variety of other content with new content coming out all the time. Uh, Currently, we have our spoiler-free review for everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, Justin also got the chance to sit down and interview the Daniels, the brilliant minds behind that mind-melding movie. Our ongoing watch club for Disney Plus's Moon Knight is coming at you every week, and so is our weekly show This Week in Geek, where we recap the news and trailers and everything else from around the geekiverse. But until next time, J-Law and everyone listening, thank you so much for joining me, and as we say, get home safe, guys. Peace. Peace.